It's a good morning, man. God is good, isn't he? So good. So good. Well, we are continuing our series, Decisions, Decisions, Making Choices That Make Sense. Have you guys been enjoying this so far? Yeah, good, good. The first, the first time around, uh, I kind of laid the foundation and, and taught it's your choice. Like, you do have a choice. It, it, and your choices will affect your destiny. And, and so, you know, we can't put this off on anyone else. We can't say, you know, well, this is someone else's fault. I'm this way because of someone else. You still make the choice that you make. You are still in, in charge of, of, of your decisions. Uh, and then last week we talked about filters. You remember I had an air filter up here and we talked about the fact that in the air around us are all these messages. And a lot of it's gunk and a lot of it needs to be filtered out. And I asked you what were the filters that you use to determine who gets a say in your life. And I gave you two filters that I think every believer obviously should use. And one is the word of God and the other one is the Holy Spirit. Those two work in tandem together to, to show us how we should live our lives, okay? Some things you find the Word, some things you find through personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so we talked about that. Those CDs are out in the foyer at the Welcome Center. If you want to grab one, we only ask $1. That just covers the cost of the CD, the paper, and the case, okay? So I encourage you to get that. Also, all our sermons are online if you go to vfcthomasville.org. Go up there, we have the video and the audio. If you don't want to look at my ugly mug, uh, then you can just listen to the audio. Uh, there's a, Also, we're on all, almost all podcasting platforms. If you have an iPhone, you can open your, up your podcast app. We're there, and you can listen to all the sermons. So um, I, I want to start this morning. I, I, want, I want to give you four questions. Four questions that when you are going to ask uh, yourself, you know, you know Am I going to make this decision? Am I going to make this choice? Especially, you know, this is, we talked, the filters last week was more about kind of everyday decisions. This is really more about big decisions, okay? This is about big, when you're making a big decision. How many of you are facing a potential big decision in the next coming six months? Okay, okay, good. This is especially for you, okay? Because I'm going to walk you through four questions uh, that can help you make a good godly decision and be confident that you've heard from God, okay? Because here's the deal. We all ask ourselves questions when it comes to our decisions. We all do. It's, it's subconscious. You don't stop and ask yourself a question. But when you're making a purchasing decision, you, 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 you ask yourself, will this make me feel good? Will this impress others? Does this jive with, with what I want to you know, present to others? All right. When you're deciding who your friends are, you ask yourself, will I benefit from this relationship? Can I see myself being around this person long term? And we all have questions, right? So we all have these questions that we filter our decisions through. So I, I want to ask you this morning, what are the questions that you use when you're facing a big decision? And are you willing to consider these four? I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to stop Pause, take a breath, and consider what the Lord wants for you. Be intentional. Look, don't just go through life making your own decisions and crying out to God when you've made a bad one. Go ahead and figure out what the Lord wants to begin with. Now, last week, I, hopefully it took the pressure off. If you're a believer, a spiritual believer, you know that, that God loves you, you love the Lord. If you don't hear from Scripture your instruction, if you don't hear from the Holy Spirit your, your instruction, you have the mind of Christ and you get to move forward in faith. You get to do what you want to, believing that God will correct you if you're wrong. 
But if you're not a believer, if you've not laid down your life to the Lord, you can't do that. Because as we learned the first week, Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Above all things. And you are really good at making bad choices when left to your own devices. And so um, I want to ask you these these questions. I'm just going to jump right into it here. First of all, will I want to tell this story? Will I want to tell this story? I first learned to ask myself this question when I was in high school. Um, I had a crazy friend. His name was Pratt. Did you all have the crazy friend that got you in more trouble than you probably should have been in? Okay. This was mine. His name was Pratt. He, he was my best friend all through high school, and we even saw each other a good bit through college. And uh, Great guy. Uh, and he was always active, always wanting to do stuff, always wanting to have fun. Well, I was about a junior in high school, and I'd gotten, I'd had little girlfriends here and there, but I'd gotten my first, like, long-term girlfriend in high school. You know what I mean? Like, we dated for several months, that kind of deal. Well, this cramped Pratt's style, because he didn't want me hanging out with some girl. He wanted me hanging out with him, right? Classic, classic conundrum for the high school teenage boy. Um, and I will never forget, we were playing basketball one afternoon. He said, so what are we doing tonight? And I said, well, actually, I'm going to go out on a date with, with my girlfriend. And he got so mad at me. But he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, what do you, he was lobbying for, you know, me hanging out with him that night. He goes, what do you want to tell your kids one day? That you hung out with some girl, you don't even know where she is now? Or that you hung out with your best friend, you made memories for life? He's in business now, and he's really doing well. <laughs> but that was, that was, now I ended up going out with my girlfriend. <laughs> but that was a really good question. What story do you want to tell one day? What's, what story do you want to tell one day? You know, every, every decision you make, every choice you make is writing a sentence, is adding a paragraph to your life story. And people are reading it every day as they come in contact with you. What story do you want to tell? Um, I want to show you a verse. Now, this is, this is uh, known as the demoniac. How would you like to be recorded all throughout history in the Bible being known as the demoniac? All right? This is a guy that had a ton of demons in him. Jesus cast him out of him. He was in his right mind finally. And it's in Mark 5, 18 through 20. And I want you to see this in the message. So I have it up in the, on the screen behind me. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, this is after he delivered this man. The demon-delivered man begged to go along. Wouldn't you? This dude just saved my life. I want to hang out with you. But um, Jesus wouldn't let him. Jesus said, go home to your own people. Tell them your story, what the master did, how he had mercy on you. The man went back and began to preach in the ten towns, also known as Decapolis in some of your translations, about what Jesus had done for him, and he was the talk of the town. So Jesus uh, heals this man, casts out all these demons. This is the guy, I am legion, right? Where like a ton of, I mean, this dude was in serious shape. And so, uh, so Jesus casts those demons out. He's in his right mind. He's like, well, I'm going with this guy. And Jesus is like, no, tell your story. Tell your story. Well, what if, what if the man had not been in a position to come in contact with Jesus? What if he had rejected uh, Jesus' uh, healing? What, what, if, what if he had uh, decided, no, I'm going to go with you anyway and I'd not go back? I mean, you have a story, and your choices are writing the story. And, and it's an important question. Do you want to tell this story? Do, do, do you want to be able to tell the story that 
I had a coworker that was making eyes at me and, and things weren't going so well at home. And so we started texting and then that turned into meeting for lunch. And then that turned into an emotional affair. Do, do you really want to tell that story? Because what's going to happen is when that, uh, when that situation presents itself, you're going to have the opportunity just to go with the flow, just to go with your feelings, even though we know the heart is deceitfully wicked. But if you think, do I want this? Am I going to want to tell this as a part of my story? It's a really important question. When you're, about to, uh, when you're about to buy that car that you think is going to make you so happy, it's going to put you in a pile of debt and you really can't afford it, do you want to tell that story? I ruined my finances. I ruined my, 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 uh, my chance at sending my kids to college. I ruined my chance to retire uh, and give myself more to ministry because I really wanted this car now. Is that the story you want to tell? Is that, is that what you want your book to read like? What about, and I'm, I'm picking on certain things, but I want you to understand that you have a choice. Wouldn't you rather tell the story, hey, it was super hard, and I tried and failed many times, but eventually I quit smoking, and it led to a more healthy life. Wouldn't you like to tell that story? Well, don't you love the stories on TV where the person lost like 100 pounds, 150 pounds, and you're like, wow, good for them. Wouldn't you like to tell that story? That'd be a great story to tell, wouldn't it? And so we have to ask ourselves, what story do I want to tell? What story do I want to tell? Amen? Amen. That's the first question. The second one is this. Have I gotten godly counsel? Have I gotten godly counsel? Counsel being advice and godly being the operative word here. Okay? Let's look at a couple of verses here. Um, Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Look, I love you. God loves you. I think you're wonderful. He thinks you're even better. But you are incomplete by yourself. You were not made to do life alone. You were, not, you were not created to handle the sheer pressure and weight of this life without other people coming alongside. Okay? You have to listen to wise counsel. You have to listen to wise counsel. You have to listen to godly counsel. Now, you know, there are a lot of people out there that want to give you their opinion on your life. Right? But you have to learn to, to differentiate between who is godly counsel. I, I remember learning this this lesson when I was in college, and I, I was, I, it was a decision about moving in our housing situation. And I was just at a point where I couldn't. You ever get so, like, um, so beat down with your choices you can't make a choice at all? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And so I was at that point. I couldn't make a choice. I didn't know what was going on. And, and my parents came up and visited me, and I was telling them what was going on. And they said, well, you know, Jamie, it seems like to us that you should do X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden, it made sense. And that godly counsel, I'll never forget that feeling of, I, I thought I had every single possibility handled and considered. And they came out of nowhere with, with, with another idea. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, it's godly counsel. It's godly, and you need it. I need it. We all need it. All right, it comes from your pastors. It comes from your spouse. Did you hear that one? It comes from godly friends. It comes from all these people who act as a spiritual covering to make sure that you don't run off the road. 
that you're not making dumb decisions. Because remember, the heart is deceitfully wicked. And you need, you need good friends. Not friends who are going to tell you what you want to hear, but friends who are going to tell you what you need to hear. Proverbs 27, verse 6. This is hilarious. <laughs> this is pretty funny. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend, these are your friends that will not stab you in the back, but stab you in the front. They're willing to tell you, you know, what's up, because they love you. But not the, 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 uh, those friends, uh, the, I love the word sycophant. It's that word that says, oh, they just blow smoke, right? And just say, oh, you're so wonderful. They tell you what you want to hear, right? You don't, you don't want those people. In the, the, those, those people, those are kisses from your enemies, Okay, you want a friend that'll stab you in the front. All right, I I have learned I can tell who my true friends are by if they're willing to tell me that I have something in my teeth. Like you know, if someone says, "Hey, bro, look, your fly's unzipped," right? I know I can trust that person. Hey, man, you need to you need to check your nose, right? I know I can trust that person because they care more about my well-being than the embarrassment of having to tell me about it. Amen. You need some people that will tell you you got spinach in your teeth. You need some people that will tell you to pick your nose or blow your nose. That's better. <laughs> but you got someone peeking out. You know what I'm saying? You need someone who will be honest with you and tell you the truth and stab you in the front. Because wounds from a friend are a whole lot better than kisses from an enemy. Amen? Have you gotten godly counsel? Have you gone to someone? Here's a trick. Find someone who's having the results in their life that you want and just go sit and say, tell me. Tell me. Don't reinvent the wheel. Someone else is doing it. Go see what they're doing. Amen? Amen. All right, here's the third one. We're going. This is good. I love this question. Oh, my gosh. What kind of person would make the decision that I'm about to make? What kind of person would make the decision that I'm about to make, that I'm considering? See, we we get so turned inward when we're facing decisions, right? We get so turned inward and and we're, we're so close to the situation. But if you saw someone else making the same decision you're about to make, you would think they were a jerk. Right? I'll never forget when I learned to ask this question. I was in a restaurant. I'm not going to tell you which restaurant. It was a fast food restaurant. And the Lord was dealing with me about my weight. Because I've gone up and down, and I've you know, told you guys about, about this. This has been an area of my life where I've struggled with gluttony and with medicating with food. Because growing up in a Christian household, drugs and girls and booze and all that stuff was off limits. So, hey, food was okay. Right? Just shovel it in. Eat your feelings. Mm, these feelings taste good. And so that was, my, that was my deal. Right? That's the acceptable sin. We talked about that. Uh, that was the acceptable sin that, that I was allowed to commit over and over, and it's still something that I deal with. Well, I was in this restaurant. The Lord was dealing with me about my weight and about being healthy. And, and I looked, he said, look around. And I looked around, and every single, and I'm not trying to be mean here, you guys, but I'm going to be. Just forgive me in advance. Every single person in that room where I was sitting there eating was not in the, let's, how can I put this? They were not in the shape I wanted to be. How about that? By a long shot. And I thought, I'm one of them. 
Based on my decisions, right now, I am one of those people. And it shocked me. And I wanted to get up and get out of there. Because I thought, that's not me. They were, I mean, there were people who were in bad health. Really bad health. There were people that were grossly overweight. There were people, and I just, I, I didn't, just looking at them, I wouldn't have said, I want to associate with this. But yet, I was through my choices. What kind of person would make the decision that you're about to make? Would a godly person make that decision? Would a fleshly person make that decision? It's an important question. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, which is a fun chapter. It's pretty brutal. This is the part of the scripture that uh, the guy from Duck Dynasty got in trouble for quoting, if you remember that last year. I've tried to forget it ever since it happened. But um, so 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Now, again, you've heard me mention this before. That's that same phrase, do not be deceived, that's in some of your King James, New King James. New Living Translation says, do not fool yourself. It basically means, hey, pay attention. You're not the exception, but you're going to have a tendency to think that you are. Okay? So whenever you see that in the New Living, it says... uh, um, don't fool yourself in the new King James or, or, or whatever, uh, ESV, all those, they say, um, they say, don't be deceived. Okay? So that's a red flag. Pay attention. It says, those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, who commit adultery, or male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, are thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheap people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, here's what I want to get to. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Man, I could spend like series and series on that last verse. I love it. Okay, But I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. You will be tempted to make choices that look like the old you. See, before you're saved, you cannot do the right thing. You can't be righteous. No one can be righteous is what scripture says. You do not have it. You've got a dead spirit living on the inside of you. Not living. You've got a dead spirit on the inside of you. Okay? Before you're regenerated. Then the Holy Spirit comes and brings life to your spirit when you make the choice to follow Jesus. Okay? Now, for the first time, you have the opportunity to make the right choice, to follow Jesus, to renew your mind, to, to, to renew your mind and to let your actions follow. Do you follow me? Do you, you follow how that works? Okay. But you still have the choice, even if you're saved. You still have the choice to look like the old man. You still have the choice to make decisions that look like the old. Because it says, such were some of you. Such were some of you. You were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were, you were made right. And he goes on, and, and, and he keeps going. And you can read the rest of this chapter. It's awesome. But he goes on, and he says, he says look, not all things... Uh, all things may be lawful, but not all things are profitable. I mean, you can overeat. God's not going to send you to hell for overeating, right? The only reason you go to hell is because you don't know Jesus. So, so he can, you know, you, you can make bad decisions, okay? But, but it says all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable, okay? So there's a better way, there's a higher way, there's a better path that's available to you, okay? But you've got to ask the question, what kind of person will make the decision I'm about to make? See, we often judge ourselves by our intentions. 
We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves, but I didn't mean to. Well, here's the problem. Even though we like to judge ourselves by our intentions, our actions reveal who we really are. I can tell you that I love my wife over and over and over and over, but if I abuse her verbally and physically, I'm a liar. doesn't matter what I say. Well, I didn't mean to, but you did. <laughs> right? And, and, and so that's this important for us to just get honest and say, what kind of person? Step outside of yourself if you're, if you're considering a, a decision. Step outside yourself and say, what if I heard about this on the street from someone, a friend of a friend, so-and-so decided to make the decision that I'm considering making? What would I think of that person? Would I think that they were a Jesus follower? Would I think that they were a hypocrite? Or would I think they were someone that didn't even know the Lord? What would I think about them? Instead of judging others, judge yourself. That ability to, to, to sum up what's wrong with everyone else's life that you have. Y'all know I'm talking to you, right? Okay. We all have that, right? Oh, well, she's just, he's just, they do that. They, right? You've got that. Do you know why you have it? For you. You don't have it for others. You have it for you. God put that discernment in you so you could choose the right thing, not so you could have an opinion on everyone else's life. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Okay. So what kind of person will make the decision I'm about to make? Last one. Does this glorify God? Does this glorify God? This is a really, really important question. Really important question. Because as Christians, we believe that our lives exist to glorify God, right? As a believer, we know that he saved us, that he's called us out, not because we're the subject of the sentence, because he's the subject of the sentence. He's holy, he's righteous, he's perfect, he's amazing, he's all these things. And so everything he does in us is for us, yes, because he loves us, but ultimately it's for his glory, Okay, It's for his glory. So you have to ask yourself, when you're making a decision, does this glorify God? Because in the end, the glorification of God is why you're here. It's why you're here. Does this decision glorify God? Now, obviously, whether or not you eat Fruit Loops or tricks, it doesn't matter, okay, as far as glorifying God. So there's some decisions that the Lord's going to give you stewardship over to make the decision. Fruit Loops, by the way, is the one that you're going to want to do. But does it glorify God? And see, we don't like glory hogs, right? No one likes a glory hog. No one likes a braggart, right? right? If you came over to someone's house and you saw um, medals and, and, and awards, you know, uh, in their house, you'd be like, wow, congratulations. You would congratulate them. You'd probably think pretty highly of them if you found out they'd won some sort of prestigious award or maybe athletic competition or whatever. But what if y'all met at lunch and they carried all their awards with them everywhere they went? You're like, that guy's a jerk. I'm not complimenting him. Why? Because he stole the glory. He went ahead and gave himself glory, right? So we intrinsically know that all the glory, we, we shouldn't be glory hoarders. We're supposed to give glory away. To the Lord. So in your decisions, are you, are you glorifying God? Check this out. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the words of Jesus. He's talking about um, you're the salt of the earth. He's talking about you're the light of the world. Uh, talking about your role. Verse 16, Jesus says in the same way, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, 
so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In the New King James and the King James, it says, so that they might glorify the Father. So let your, let your good deeds shine for all to see, so that they might glorify you? No. So they might glorify the Father. So you have to ask yourself, I'm making a decision. Am I going to be bringing glory to myself, or am I going to be bringing glory to the Lord through this decision? It's an important question to ask. I also want you to think of it this way. Instead of, because this says, your good deeds glorify God. I want you to think of it a a different way. Instead of saying, I'm going to decide to do good works, and those good works are going to bring glory to God. I want you to think of it this way. I'm going to glorify God in everything I do, and that's going to result in good works. Do you see the difference? One of them says, I'll go over it again. One of them says, I'm going to do good things, and that will give glory to God. But this is even better. I'm going to glorify God in every single thing I do, and then you can be sure you're doing good works. See how that works? So you make God the focus. You make glorifying him the point. And you don't have to worry about, is what I'm doing right? Of course it is, because you're glorifying God. But if you're over here trying to do good works, I hope this glorifies God, you've got the cart before the horse. Make sure that your purpose, your point, your reason is to glorify God, and you will do good works. Everything you do will be a good work, because it already glorifies God. Do you see? That's what we want to do. So... What questions do you ask yourself before making a decision? Are you willing to ask these questions? Are you willing to say, do I want to tell this story? Have I gotten godly counsel? What kind of person would make this decision? And does it glorify God? Are you willing to bring these into your decision-making process? I think you should. I think it will give you confidence. You don't have to walk around wondering if God's mad at you all the time, wondering if you're in his will. What's his will? Look, if you do these things, you can rest assured that you're, you're in alignment with what his word says, and you're bringing glory to him, and you're making good choices. Isn't that the way we want to live? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's stand for prayer.